Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So when they saw the world around them and realized that they were wrong for creating the world that they so despised, they looked around them and said, who or whom, where or amongst all the wares, can we set the blame? That's the best way I could describe what's happening in the media landscape today. There's no better way to describe that. And by the way, if you want to look for those words, uh, they don't exist written. They're mine. Just then, on the spot. But it is the best way I could describe how media is reacting to the reality that parlor was never the problem when it came to putting out salacious material. Falsehoods. It was the media outlets that claimed to be good and decent. It was the social media outlets that claimed to be the arbiters of truth and the American way. And they are all looking to point the fingers at everybody else as quick and as fast as they can and ensure that no finger at all is pointing towards them. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. We shared the words of Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer of Facebook, saying that the organizing of the Capitol riot, well, maybe some of it did take place on their platform, but they are so good at rooting these things out. Oh, it could not have been them. Well, we know this was organized online. We know that. Um, we, again, took down QAnon, Proud Boys, Stop the Steal. Anything that was talking about possible violence last week, our enforcement's never perfect, so I'm sure there were still things on Facebook. I think these events were largely organized on platforms that don't have our abilities to stop hate and don't have our standards and don't have our transparency. But certainly to this day, we are working to find any single mention that might be leading to this and making sure we get it down as quickly as possible. You see, maybe something snuck through, but we are so good. And so valuable. Oh, oh, we never would have done such a thing. Unless, of course, you're talking to Mika Brzezinski over there at MSNBC, who blames Facebook and Twitter, specifically Facebook, for what happened at the Capitol and makes a different argument. The algorithms at Facebook actually promote this extremism. They promote the extremism within. But, but, but to her point about, you know, getting ready for Joe Biden, if this is some sort of last minute suck up to Joe Biden by Twitter and Facebook, all you've done is shown just how impactful everything that you've been doing so far has been in terms of spreading disinformation. You have shown how it drops the minute you actually take action. It, you have shown that you should have done this a long time ago and perhaps there wouldn't be people dead perhaps there wouldn't be people following false scientific information about the coronavirus perhaps there wouldn't have been some sort of insurrection at the capitol 
that was promulgated all over your sites, perhaps there wouldn't be so much hatred and disinformation. You have shown that. It drops just by one random act that you decided to take at the very last minute. I mean, really, honestly, the leadership at yeah. Facebook is pathetic. Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg, you guys are pathetic. You have you make no you, you make absolutely no reason about your actions. Oh, my. That's that's a calling out right there. Man, that's uh, the, the, the guns are firing inward, my people. And the best part is we haven't even gotten to the best part from Mika Brzezinski on Morning Joe. You could have done this a long time ago. You decided to do it now. Huh, I wonder who's going to be president now. Maybe this will make him happy. No, you've just shown him why you need to be shut down. You need to be shut down. Nobody needs what you have to offer. You have destroyed this country, and quite frankly, it's still happening right now. Well, and not just destroyed this country. You destroyed the country? You should be shut down? Funny, that's how I feel about MSNBC. Oh, she would object. Oh, she would object most vociferously to the idea that somehow you should shut down MSNBC. My gosh, that would be like Jake Tapper agreeing with H.R. McMaster, formerly of the Trump administration, that you should shut down CNN. And McMaster is making some very good points in this conversation with Jake Tapper, who has really taken it upon himself uh, to be um, the anti-Trump bootlicker. My gosh. It, he's not even trying at the journalism end, guys. He's, he's full on into the partisan insanity. Let me pick it up with H.R. McMaster. And who we are, we have to look at your profession, Jake, the media. You know, why is it that, that people who lean in one direction politically watch one cable news station, some who lean in another direction watch yours or, or another one? Why, why do people go to the pseudo media and believe these kind of conspiracy theories? What is the role that social media plays in further polarizing our society and pitting against uh, pitting us against each other? We have a lot of work to do, Jake, and we have to yeah. do it, you know, as Ron has said, in a box bipartisan, nonpartisan manner. And that's what all of us can expect of our institutions and expect of our political leadership as well. That's a very rational point from H.R. McMaster. Very, very rational. What do you say, Jake? Okay, I mean, the only I don't want to get into a conversation about CNN. We have a whole show that does that called Reliable Sources, but I will say there are channels in which lies are told and there are channels in which facts are told and people who want the lies, they don't come here. Can't see it in himself. You lied about Russia for three years. You hired Andrew McCabe, who lied to the FBI, lied to his own agents under him and then lied to investigators from the FBI. You hired him. What? What decency do you know? Fox lied, Newsmax lied. What did they lie about? What exactly did they lie about? Because they covered the president and didn't automatically say, this is terrible, that is terrible, the other's terrible? Maybe people could figure out whether it's terrible. They didn't need you acting like a prima donna 
trying to channel your inner Jim Acosta, telling people what to think. Oh, by the way, Russia was a lie. Everything in the Russian investigation was a lie that you proudly allowed to be on your network and you didn't say every single night, I don't know why we're discussing this, there's not a single bit of proof here. Come now. If you want to argue that Fox said this when they shouldn't have, when they shouldn't have, okay. And I can argue that CNN said this when they shouldn't have, okay. But that's not where we are. We are now in this concerted effort First, you've got the people firing all around them because, man, they're trying to keep the, 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 the smell off of them. Oh, my gosh, these people are rioting. These people are fighting. This happened. I, I can't be connected with any of this. Let me make sure none of it lands on me. But then on that show, Reliable Sources, with Brian Stelter, a fool, my words, there's a man by the name of Alex Stamos. Alex Stamos is partners with Chris Krebs. Chris Krebs headed up uh, cybersecurity. And most secure election ever, I'm sure, if, if, that's, if that's what you say. I'll believe you. Why, why, why not? And Alex Stamos, he's got a whole different look at the world. It's not that social media did this and we should do something about it. It's not that we have uh, news outlets that did, that did that and they should be held uh, to account. Oh, no, no, no. It's the very idea that some news outlets shouldn't be allowed to exist. As a matter of fact, why do cable news, why, why do cable outlets like Comcast even carry some of these news outlets? You think you saw silencing before? You ain't seen nothing yet. What does Parler have to say, and how are they trying to silence some of the outlets you might listen to? That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So as we know, in the first 100 days, Joe Biden is going to do away, basically, with the Keystone XL pipeline. Canadians, pretty upset. Trudeau, not happy. They're going to keep, though, bringing the... uh, the oil out of the out of those tar sands. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. It's still there. It's amazing. Emily Zanotti with the reporting that instead of utilizing the pipeline, the oil's just gonna go by train. You know who owns the train? Warren Buffett. You know who's been talking to the Biden team about uh, economic plans? Warren Buffett. Ah, uh, no. It, it, it all comes together super easy. Super easy. Why would anybody think anything is awkward at all? <laughs> let me go. Let me go to the phones really quick. Let me go to Nate. Naked. Nate, 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 not naked. Nate, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. Hey, listen, hey. I wanted to ask your, uh, your take on uh, political discourse and discussion in America. I feel like a lot of people in America don't know how to have deep, meaningful, and rational political discussion about their beliefs, their ethics, and their values. What can we do as Americans to help have a discussion and avoid violence and also teach our children? Well, if I was going to make the joke, I would say asked as well as a racist could ask a question. 
right? Like they're within, they're within all you, a perfectly cogent question, and someone would say to you, "Well, you can't you can't talk to a racist or something like that." Let me do what I can to answer that question because I think it's a good question. How do you how do you engage a conversation? I think two things are extremely important. Number one, um, it involves doing what you just did, asking a question and then wanting an answer. Not asking a question to utilize that as the attack on your opponent, not asking a question that is meant to be unanswerable, right? Like the idea of, you know, trying to get people to uh, pr- prove a negative. I, I, can't, I can't do su- such a thing. Or doing what has been done for years, right? It's 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 the line we joke about. Uh, you know, you're interviewing an elected official. So when did you stop beating your wife? Right? Those kinds of questions have to go. Questions need to be asked in earnest and then answered in earnest. Not answered as a way of dismissiveness. So much of what we see from the political class... Right, that that the 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 political class wants to make it something that moves their base to what they feel is power or victory or something, something like that. Um, the way to have discourse is through two very important uh, functions. Number one, uh, asking good questions and wanting uh, honest answers, and number two to stop thinking that the discourse itself is a win-lose proposition. Asking somebody a question, getting an answer to the question, does not therefore set the idea that they are right and you are wrong. They have answered the question. You could decide whether you like the answer. You could decide whether the answer has validity. You could decide whether or not you know it, it, it can, can apply to your life. You can also decide, I'm not even going to ask. I'm not interested. Part of the problem, as I see it, is that we have this this society that demands you be interested in them. I'm not interested in a great number of them. Why, why would I be? It, 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 they, they don't inter- interact with my daily life. They're doing things that I'm not interested in. I don't want to pay any attention to you. Why do you demand that I pay attention to you? Part of political discourse is, is having a little bit of a, a filter in, in what, do I, what I address and what I don't. The other part is not thinking that the answer is the attack. Not thinking that my what I should do here is get the gotcha question in or make the dig answer. And that's hard to do. That's hard to do because that's what people want. And so much of that is because they are so invested in the politics and the idea of connection to their very morality that they must deflect because to engage would be to accept the idea that you may very well be human and there may actually be a disagreement. We've seen this proven time and again and again, that the accepting of a conversation is to accept the other person as human. And because there are some politically who simply cannot have that, that in and of itself is the sin 
no conversation could take place. So my first uh, piece of advice to you, Nate, for we'll call it advice, right? Not that you, you know, you're asking for advice. You were asking a question, but I'm, I'm going to call it advice. I hope you don't mind. Um, is is what is it that you know? Ask yourself what is it that you're going for, and ask them what they're going for. Because as much as you want to be able to answer a question properly, you want to be asking the questions of people who also want to engage. There's no sense in asking the question of somebody who's only interested in destruction. They offer you no value. Don't waste your time. Do not waste your time. Now, if you want to ask at least a question and then you'll be like, oh my gosh, wait, they weren't interested in answering the question. They were only interested in destruction. All right, if you want to go through that exercise, I'm I'm never going to stop you. So ask people who are actually engaged. Uh, number uh, number two or B or whatever you want to want to call it, don't be asking to push the uh, the the so called narrative, but rather ask because you want an answer. That's a, a lost art. You know how much heat I take because I let people answer questions and and I'm not interrupting them every thirty seconds in an interview. I take a lot of heat. Whoo! crazy but i want to hear what they have to say we can go over it later what i got i gotta punch them in the face right there and then ha ha pow show you nah let them let them answer so we all know whether their answer is uh, you know worthwhile or radical and we can say so so first you got to know who you're talking to they have to be willing to have the conversation you got to be asking questions that get you an answer To be open to the answer is different than being open to the ideology. Because you can get somebody's answer and say, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Hmm. I think they're just wrong. But it was a conversation. The conversation does not have to end with everybody agreeing with each other or even finding moments. It just has to happen in a way where you don't think the other person is evil for even asking. And that's, that's so much of where we are. You asked a question, racist. That's how I started, right? That's what makes it funny. Even asking, hey, how do you have civil discourse? Oh, well, even for asking that question, it's bigotry. It's a rough road ahead. That's my advice. I hope it helps. I'm Tony Katz. So in Israel, they're pushing settlements. Uh, I, I, I believe they're called homes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio still there. The podcast at rumble.com. Everything at Tony Katz, K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. Israeli authorities going to build an additional 780 homes in the West Bank. There's a group that's opposed to settlements. They're called Peace Now, like they really want a peace. Uh, how dare you be building homes inside the West Bank? Why? It's Israel. I have no quarter on this. They're, they're, you can't get me to think, uh, you know, to, to, to move. It's Israel. It belongs to them. They can build where they choose. It's Israel's land. It's Israel's land historically. It belongs to Israel. Stop it. There is no two-state solution that can exist while there is still terrorists that run Hamas. I'm sorry, terrorists that run uh, the Palestinians, Hamas being that organization. While there's still Hezbollah, while there's still the Mullahs, the hardliners, the clerics, and the Ayatollah running around. 
Build all the homes and apartments you can. Also, a couple good restaurants. It's always nice to have a place to go eat. I'm a huge fan of it. We've been discussing the insanity of the hypocrisy that we've been seeing. And we've been discussing the absolute rabidness on the attacks on people like Parler for spreading hate and misinformation. Parler put out a statement, parler.com. It says, hello world, is this thing on? And then it's a statement from the CEO. Now seems like the right time to remind you all, both lovers and haters, why we started this platform. We believe privacy is paramount and free speech essential, especially on social media. And that's what Parler is. It's a social media app meant to compete with Twitter and the rest of them. That's what it is. Our aim, he writes, has always been to provide a nonpartisan public square where individuals can enjoy and exercise their rights to both, meaning um, uh, free speech and privacy. We will resolve any challenge before us and plan to welcome all of you back soon. We will not let civil discourse perish. So that's from uh, John Matz. Was it Matzy? Uh, he is uh, the CEO of Parler. Parler should not have been taken down. And I'm with uh, Representative Devin Nunez on the very concept of racketeering. Parler, Apple, Google Play, uh, not Parler, Amazon, Apple, Google Play, all working together to take down Parler. I think racketeering is an absolutely fantastic way to look at this. I mean, really and truly. But there are others who say, you know, getting rid of Parler is not enough. Getting rid of Parler is only the first step. Because it's not that we should be blaming Parler. And it's not that we should be blaming Facebook as they were doing there um, on MSNBC. I mean, this this was Morning Joe on MSNBC, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Would not have happened. Shame on you. But for Twitter. Yeah. But for Facebook. Well, and you look at it amazing, and we're going to talk about it a little later on today. The New York Times had a story yesterday talking about people were tweeting about health uh, and, and tweeting about mindfulness and tweeting about, I don't know, flowers and music. Uh, and then they stumbled onto some of these conspiracy theories. And because Facebook's algorithms were set up to cause this sort of radicalism to explode, guess what happened? Their likes exploded. The people following them exploded. So, so you actually had Facebook and Twitter set up their business models in a way that would lead to the insurrection Creative against the United States of America. It is on them. But Joe, it's also uh, the cable outlets, Fox, Fox Business, the new ones. Uh... Leave it right there for a moment because that's the story. It's not just on Facebook and Twitter and Parler. It's on Newsmax. Newsmax? How does how do they even play into this? This was CNN with Jake Tapper, a guy by the name of Alex Stamos. Listen. 
was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State. Um, and there was a, a collaboration between the tech companies and between the tech companies and law enforcement to make it impossible for them to use the internet to recruit and radicalize young, mostly young Muslim men at the time around the world. Now we're talking about domestic audience in the United States. And the challenge is going to be partially that you know, ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress. But there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election um, and there will be a continual political pressure on the, yeah. the companies to not take it seriously so i think first did you just compare republicans to isis yeah yes yeah, yes he did that's how you know you dismiss a guest by the way he's not on with jake tapper he's on with brian stelter brian stelter is very impressed by everything he has to say and every now and then you'll hear brian stelter go hmm Right? Oh, yes. Mm, yes, what you're saying is very interesting to me. Clearly, you have put much thought into this. You are wise beyond your years. Mm, yes. Let it continue. I think first, you have to focus on those violent extremists, and those companies have to be brave in that way. And second, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger, daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN, and they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem you know that these companies have freedom of speech but i'm not sure we need verizon at&t comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes um I, this is you know allowing people to seek out information if they really want to but not pushing it into their faces i think is where we're gonna have to go here this is the call for banning speech that's what it is any journalist who isn't opposed to what they just heard isn't a journalist and does not have to be given the respect of a journalist at all or in any way they're unserious people newsmax is the problem oh you mean that they're picking up steam that there might be competition for fox which is good for fox and good for the rest of us competition is a good thing now they have to go well, this is getting echoed. Oliver Darcy, who uh, is with CNN, and his whole job is to hate on Fox and to put an end to any competition to CNN. Following up on this, says, just a reminder that neither Verizon, AT&T, nor Comcast have answered any questions about why they beam channels like OAN and Newsmax into millions of homes. Do they have any second thoughts about distributing these channels given their election denialism content? They won't say. These people are a mob. They might as well have tiki torches and be screaming witch. These people are a mob and don't believe in free speech and in free minds. If you didn't scream Biden won on election day because you want to see where some of the challenges went, that's not election denialism. As a matter of fact, I was on the air. I was on with John Bachman. Right? I, I, I often do his show and I and weekly I do his show. And weekly I'm on with, with Bob Sellers and Heather, Heather Childress. Uh, there uh, at, at in, in the in the early evening, late afternoon, whatever you want to call it, and John Bachman is discussing the fact that we've had a lot of people upset with us because we've called the race 
for Joe Biden because he has, and has been confirmed by the states, been able to cross the threshold of enough electoral votes. We waited for the challenges to happen. The challenges did not provide anything fruitful for President Trump. These are my words, I'm paraphrasing. And so therefore we made the right call. We get that people are bothered by this, but we're not gonna stop being a news organization. I was on the air with him when he said the words. It was in the middle of of one of our uh, blocks that, that we were on. That's election denialism? Hey, we're going to wait until they finish the challenges in Arizona before we call Arizona. That seems rational to me. That they didn't do it the way CNN did it? It's, it's denialism? It's a mob. The same mob that went after the capitals, the same mob going after those people who might have a different point of view, and they will be going directly after radio. It is a mob. Oliver Darcy is a mobster, but no, 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 not not in the, in the, in the real mobster way. That's an insult to mobsters. Like Oliver Darcy could ever actually shake somebody down physically. <laughs> no, he does it this way. In a cheap suit, remarkably weak, but trying to put the pressure on cable companies to not carry channels that did nothing wrong. They don't believe in a different point of view. And they call it the Newsmax problem. First of all, exactly how much paid uh, earned media is that for Newsmax, right? That's a good day. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in your ability to speak out. They don't believe you should be able to have your own point of view regardless of what it is. You can have their point of view or you can have nothing. It was Henry Ford. You can have a car in any color you want as long as it's black. That's who those people are. And that's why we are very unfortunately in a real fight. I'm Tony Katz. It is Martin Luther King Day. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And one of the, uh, a speech that you, you can decipher, kind of dig into, has some of the lines, uh, better lines that I've, I've really ever enjoyed uh, from, from Dr. King. And I want to make sure I'm clear, not perfect. Lots of stories there. Lots of stories. I, I have come, of course, to understand that the idea of perfect people doesn't exist. People are complicated. People are messy. And um, I'll take that over um, government purity any day of the week and twice on Sunday. But this, the mountaintop speech, just those last couple minutes, worthy of our time. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over 
And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oration, baby. You better know how to work a crowd right there. Uh, from that speech, one of the the great lines is, um, um, a man can't ride your back if it's not bent. That's just a good line right there. That is just a solid, solid piece of understanding uh, the, the, the self and understanding others, right? Uh, one of the things I'm not doing is engaging social media to see the back and the forth about, well, you know, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. would have said uh, this uh, about... Um, race relations and oh yeah he was a republican he would have said this about the election uh, i'm 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 not in i'm not getting in kids not getting involved at all i'll leave that for others people are messy people are complicated i'm going to take the good and the things that i think can inspire Kamala Harris has resigned her Senate seat. So I'm curious, how much could we say to California, hey, we'll pay off X number of dollars of your debt if you appoint a Republican? Ha. We get America together, a giant GoFundMe. We'll raise $500 million. That's a bribe, right? Right? You can't really do that. Ask Blagojevich. Right? No, no, no. That's selling the seat. I didn't say who it should go to. I only said the party. Right? I'm not asking. We're not putting in highest bidders, right? I'm not deciding who gets the seat. He still can. <laughs> Ask Blagojevich is very funny, producer Ari. Very, very funny. Oh, that's. I, I forget who he's going uh, to pick, but I think that there was anger that he wasn't picking a woman of color, Gavin Newsom not doing that, um, which, you know, I get how that's going to uh, frustrate the people on, on, on the left, right? Because you can only choose people based on uh, the the characteristics. No, nothing else matters. Nothing else is 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 allowed um you, it, it 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 doesn't it, it doesn't exist it do, it does not exist in any way shape or form meanwhile california where they go and have dinner and they're like uh you 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 can't eat out and uh and um but other people uh can brought up this really really good uh parody from Remy over at uh, at Reason.com. I got to share that with you. I don't know if you've ever seen Remy, the, the, the comic. He makes some great, great videos. Definitely worth your time. Meanwhile, guns, they sold just like you were thinking they were going to sell. 
huge in 2021. I have a uh, 2020. They'll be big, maybe bigger in 2021. We'll see. I'm Tony Counts.